this next month, we're looking at different areas of things that Jesus never said. And tonight, we're going to be looking at God helps those who help themselves. Because the thing is, we hear that saying an awful lot. It might come up in different conversations, but actually, God never said it. He didn't say it. And after doing some research on this, a survey shows that in any given week, 30 to 40% of people will read their Bibles, okay? And read only maybe a tiny little bit within it. So how do we pick up things? I'm going to do a little bit of a quiz. Don't worry, you don't need to join in, as in put your hands up. Okay, we've done enough exercise, I think, this weekend. But think about, are these sayings in the Bible? Number one, cleanliness is next to godliness. Number two, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Number three, God moves in mysterious ways. Number four, a nagging spouse... Sorry, I can't say that. It's like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky tap. You can't turn it off and you can't get away from it. And number five, God helps those who help themselves. So as we've gone through those five points, okay, how many of them are actually in the Bible? You'd find that actually two of them out of the five are in the Bible. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. And this is the message version, okay? A nagging spouse is like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky tap. You can't turn it off and you can't get away from it. They're, t- they're just the two out of the five, okay, that are in the Bible. So God helps those who help themselves isn't in the Bible, okay? And research shows, this is in the year 2000, that 75% of Americans and actually 40% of Christians believed that this truth was in the Bible. And a recent survey says that 68% of Christians believe that this statement is in the Bible. 68%, it's a lot. It's over half believing that, saying that God helps those who help themselves. What do we think? Of course we know it's a lie because God loves every single one of us. He wants us to surrender our lives to him. You see, this saying came from well back way, okay, 500 years before the time of Christ. Aesop, who wrote all the gables, said, God, the gods help them who help themselves. Euripides, a Greek philosopher who lived before Christ, said, Try first thyself and afterwards call on gods. George Herbert of the 17th century said, Help thyself and God will help thee. And then the present formation comes from Benjamin Franklin, who said, God helps those who helps them. And we see how things are passed on, aren't they? Down the line, years after years from people saying different things. We have to remember that God helps those that recognize they can't help themselves. You know, this is true when we see salvation. We can't help ourselves. We can't come to salvation on our own, can we? And Matthew 19, 
We know this story well. It's the rich young man. He was looking for help himself into heaven, but Jesus showed him it wasn't going to happen like that. He thought he was good since he said he'd kept all those other commandments. But when Jesus focused on what his stronghold was, he went away sad, probably because he wasn't being told he was already doing everything he should or that he wasn't given something much easier for him to do. It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we see the things how we want to see them. We read things. The rich young ruler wasn't happy because it wasn't the way that God was saying that he wasn't to. And we can have the same misconception today, can't we? That they think you can help themselves work your way into heaven. But there's only one name under heaven by which we can be saved. And of course, his name is Jesus. Okay? He did everything because we can't do everything. Right? We can do nothing. And we're saved by his grace because he loves every one of us. You know, if we subscribe to the idea that God helps those who help themselves, then in some way we have a pride problem, don't we? We sometimes think we're above other people in what we do. You know, I can make myself out to be self-sufficient, to do my things in my power. I can pull myself up by now, you know, of that type of thinking that it is my way. And then God will help me if I do it my way. And when you go into supermarkets, when you go into bookstores, when you look around, when you go onto the internet, there's lots and lots of self-help books. If you ever research them, there's absolutely tons of self-help. Here's a list of few that I came across. Chickenless soup for the, je- sorry, for the vegetarian soul. 7,000 habits of highly compulsive people. Stupidity for dummies. I'm okay, but you're in big trouble. Teaching yourself to read. How to lose five pounds in six years. And how to rip people off by writing self-help books. There's lots and lots of self-help books out there saying this is the way that you can help yourself. And then you can be blessed. This is the way we can do it. You know, self-help can bring, doesn't it? Think can bring pride, can bring arrogance. We look at the celebrities that we see around in this world saying, you know, it's my way or no other way. You know, if I help myself, then I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to do this. One guy in particular, okay, we're going to talk a little bit football. Okay, Mourinho, he came into the stage, didn't he? And he said, I'm the special one. Literally quite arrogant saying it. The opposite of that, okay, I'm going to mention him, Jurgen Klopp, okay? He's a Christian. And he turned around when he came to Liverpool and he said, I'm the normal one. And to the surprise, actually, and a lot of Liverpool fans didn't like it, he turned around and said, it's just a game of football, If we lose, we lose. There are bigger things in life than football. A lot of Liverpool fans didn't like it, but there wasn't an arrogance there. But with Mourinho, there was pretty much an arrogance. I'm the special one. I'm the one that can make the difference. I'm the one that can help other people. Now, we might not display that kind of arrogance. 
you know, that celebrities show. But we're all born with a self-centeredness that think that sometimes that we know best. We're all born with that personality to promote different things and thinking, if I go down that route or if I go down here, okay, God will help those who help themselves. Deuteronomy 8, 17 says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Let's not arrogance get in the way of what God really wants to do within our lives. Let's not that lie come in of saying, I need to help myself and God will help me. Of course, there's a slight truth to it, but of course, God is our helper in all things if we surrender everything to him in our way. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Be on your guard against the kind of self-assurance that produces that arrogance. Allow ourselves to submit our ways You know, we can read into things and suddenly we can twist it to become the truth on what we believe when actually God's word says something different. And God's word is the truth and directs us and delivers us. Jeremiah, the self-assurance, he says, this is what the Lord says, cursed is the strong one who depends on the mere humans, who thinks he can make it on the muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. Don't set him aside. Allow him to lead the way. Allow him to show you the direction in where you should be going. Allow him to be in control. Don't allow lies to come in of scripture that might be twisted from conversations that we have. You see, sometimes we think, don't we, if we help ourselves, that sometimes actually God needs our help. Well, actually, God doesn't need our help (laughs) at all. You know, we're little minions in one sense. You know, God wants to help us, but show us in the right direction. Lead us in the right direction and help us if we humble ourselves before him. If we show that. You see, throughout the Bible, we see lots and lots of stories where God helps people, but they're humble before him. They submit their lives to him. One story I was reading about, kind of, you can see where the... A young lady, well, not so young as such, but where she thought, well, actually, I'll help God in this way. And many of you know it in Genesis, you know, is, is Sarah and Abraham. Because, of course, Abraham was promised. He was promised to be the father of many. But Sarah takes it into her own hands. She's a little bit impatient. And she's thinking, well, actually, God needs my help here in what I can do. And of course, we know how the story goes on, don't we? Okay, it's that she brings in Hagar and she kind of forces them together and says, go and sleep with my maiden servant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. You can almost see, can't you see, the wheels turning in Sarah's mind as she reasoned. God's promised us a child. It's God's fault that I'm barren. So I'll help God out. Any of you thought that sometimes? I'm going to help God out here because I need to push it a little bit. I need to do it my way. But of course, God had the perfect plan, didn't he? And we see Isaac being born later on as well on there. 
So don't kind of hold on to these lies and think it's the truth. Because the truth is God helps the helpless. I'm helpless. You know, if I submit myself to God, I'm helpless. I need his help. I need his power. I need to seek him. Every one of us need to seek God tonight and say we are humble before him. You know, there are two ways that we can find help from God. Admit that we're powerless. Admit in one way that we're weak, but through him he brings strength. You know, at times we can be stubborn. Anybody stubborn? Yeah, hands go up. Okay, I know that. You know, we can be stubborn. We can sometimes think, okay, I'm not going to admit it. One way we can be stubborn is not asking for directions, isn't it? I'm one of those, okay? You stop the car. Although we have sat-navs these days, don't we? We took the scenic route back because my sat-nav kind of, I think I ignored one instruction of my sat-nav. I missed a turning. I was like, no, it's this way. And we took a scenic route back, although it was the same time. And the same difference, it kind of worked out. But we can be stubborn, can't we? And we can be stubborn before God, thinking that we know best. And God has that plan for us. God says, you can't do it by yourself. You've got to admit your weakness. You've got to admit you're a sinner. Allow me to come into your life. Allow me to take control. Allow me to be there. Because God provides grace. God gives us his grace, which is awesome, which is amazing. But when we know God's grace is sufficient for us all. A guy called Dr. Charles Swindle in his book, The Grace Awakening, writes, I consider the most dangerous heresy on the earth the emphasis on what we do for God instead of what God does for us. Some are so convinced of the opposite they would argue nose to nose. They are often the ones who claim that their favorite verse of scripture is God helps those who helps themselves. You see, we can be, can't we, arrogant. We can kind of say, as he said on there, it's what we do for God instead of what God does for us. And we sometimes, we need to recognize what God, what God does for us and how we are blessed, and how he has set us free, and how he's given us his grace. Because the fact is, God helps the helpless, right? Those of us, which is all of us, the undeserving, those of us that don't measure up in some ways, that maybe fail to achieve maybe his standard, and that God wants to help us. We must admit to him, God is the only source of our help. God is the only source tonight. As we consider that, we think about it. We say, thank you, God. We say, thank you, God, that you never leave us, never forsake us. We say, thank you, God, that you are there every step of the way. In Psalm 94, it says, unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said my foot is slipping, your love, O Lord, supported me. When, I, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy to my soul. I was saying to the young people this morning, we, the joy of the Lord, we need it within us. 
Our faces should smile. We should be energetic. I know we don't feel like it at the moment, lack of sleep. But the joy of the Lord should be bubbling within us that others will see as well. Because number one, God has forgiven us. God has set us free. We are his children, called and chosen by him. So that joy should be bubbling within us. And number two, trust him alone for help. Don't look to others. Trust him alone. David wrote in Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Our help comes from God for every single person as we surrender our lives to him, as we call on his name. Let's not believe the lies. Let's not get caught up with those lies of scripture that has been twisted. But let's trust in him and lift our eyes to him. There was a story I was reading when I was doing some research. It said a a Christian businessman who was leaving for a two-week business trip, he prayed with his wife before he left. He said, Lord, please protect Sharon and the kids while I'm gone. After he finished, his wife looked at him and said with a smile, thanks for the prayer, but who do you think protects us while you're here? She knew that God was there no matter what, protecting. While he was thinking, well, actually, it's down to me. It's down to me. I've got those guns out. I can support. I can help. I'm the provider. But, of course, God protects us all the time. God is there every step of the way. You know, when you hear somebody say, God helps those who help themselves, be sure to say, not so. In truth, God helps the helpless, which is me and which is you, which is every single one of us because of his great love and his grace for all of us. He helps us every step of the way. He saves us, he rescues us, Because we've made a mess of our lives. No matter how we look at it, we've made a mess of our lives. And without his grace, without his love, we we can't be set free. He loves us tonight. My help comes from the Lord. God's divine help comes to us even though we don't deserve it. Even though. And sometimes we think we do, don't we? Sometimes we think we are the bigger person. We, we're full of that pride. And, that, and sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to help myself to this because God will help me if I do this. But of course, God will help you because he loves you every step of the way. God is here with us and loves us no matter what we've done. I'm going to... I'm not going to speak for long tonight. Obviously, it's been a long weekend and that. But I want you to grasp hold of God's grace, of God's love. Is that God is there for you every step of the way. He loves you no matter what. He provides his grace for you. 
God's grace strikes us when we're in great pain, when we are struggling. It strikes us when we walk through that dark valley. It strikes us when we disgust our own okay, indifference at the things that we do wrong, in our own weakness, in our own hostility and lack of direction and composure because we have become his children. And sometimes at the moment of a wave of light breaks into our darkness and we are reminded we are accepted. We are his children. I'm going to invite the band to come back. But I want us to think, you know, we think the things that Jesus never said. He didn't say, God helps those who help themselves. He said, God helps the helpless. He is there for every one of us. Let us stand, okay? And we're just going to finish in a song but let's just pray Lord Jesus we thank you that you love every single one of us tonight and Lord Jesus we pray Lord Jesus where confusion might come in Lord Jesus that Lord that we'll fix our eyes on you that Lord Jesus that Lord we will know the truth that the truth has come to set us free Lord Jesus. And so, Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll pour your spirit upon us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll help us understand your word, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, that no matter who we are, you love us, Lord Jesus. And help us, Lord Jesus, Lord, just to be drawn closer to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.